0: Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by a wonderful company, Creation to Revelation. This group of Christians believe it is extremely important that we teach the Word of God to our kids. They have original graphic illustrations from the beginning of the Bible to the end, featuring the beautiful and consistent presence of Jesus throughout. You can explore all of that at creation 2 I'm so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I am so excited today to talk to you about a short, repeatable process to help you make better decisions and have fewer regrets. I should say, as we get started, that that last phrase is the title of a new book by a man named Andy Stanley. We covered him some about a season ago. I had read a book of his called The Principle of the Path, and we used an episode talking about elements of that. And so I started reading his new book on decision-making, and I'm really enjoying it. After some really rich opening chapters on the process of decision-making, he ultimately says there are five questions Everyone should ask themselves before they decide which path they'll take. I've read through those questions, and they are good ones. And if you would like to explore them further, I will have a link to Amazon where you can purchase the book. But for me, as a reader, the richest stuff was at the beginning. And in my daily life, there are three simple questions that I use before I do things that definitely connect with the five that he has listed But I think for today, I want to lay some choices, groundwork, and issue some challenges to you on that, and then give you the three questions that have made the biggest difference for me. I have not yet finished his book, so if he pulls those five together in a really cool way and I start using them, then I will definitely record a follow-up. But for you and me today, I think we need to start with the podcast title, Making Better Decisions. Are you in a place in your life where you can be humble enough to say, I need to be making better decisions? I'm not suggesting that you make all bad ones, but can you look at your life and maybe not that far in the past and say, you know what, I've made some really good decisions and I've made some pretty bad ones. And if I could understand the difference between the two, why this worked out well and why that didn't, then I will have learned something about myself, which is great, and I can confidently go about making better decisions and having fewer regrets. So I hope that that's where you are as a listener. It certainly is where I am as a speaker. Just get better. Excel still more. Okay, before we get to those three crucial questions, let's do some non-negotiable groundwork. There are a couple of mistakes that people make, and by people, I mean me, and probably you, that tend to lead to unfavorable outcomes. So let's start there. Be careful about separating what you determine to be big decisions from little ones. I think we all do this. We look at these, quote, big decisions in our lives. The occupation I will choose, or the changing of that occupation. Where I will live. Who I will marry. What relationship I will start, or which ones I will end. What will I do about my health? What will I do about my faith? Big decisions. And we put this tremendous amount of weight and pressure on getting that right. And if we mess up one of those big things, we can easily grade ourselves as a failure. And that's part of what makes it a mistake. You look back on the last 10 years of your life, you boil it down to like four decisions and you decide if you're smart or dumb. Now, certainly we would like to decide those better in the future because they do have larger impacts than other things, but do not give them more weight than they deserve and do not overlook the little decisions that you make every day. Maybe now we're talking about things like, what time are you going to get out of bed in the morning and why? What will you do this evening when you get home? How will you have that difficult conversation at work or How will you interact with your family before bed? You might be like, those don't matter. That's just a Tuesday. Those things just kind of happen. You win some, you lose some, you wake up tomorrow and do it again. I really hope you don't believe that. The interactive and time management and faith-developing decisions we make every day, those define who we are. That's not four or five choices you've made in the last 10 years. That's four or 500 choices that you've made over that time. Daily choices become habit, they become routine, and ultimately, they paint the picture for the world and for God of who you really are. You are not defined merely by what occupation you chose, though I hope you chose well. You are defined by how you behave in that occupation. Five days a week. You are not defined by who you married, though I pray you were wise in that approach. You are defined by what you're making of your marriage, and that's a lot of Tuesday nights. Now, as we move forward, I want to be careful here. I'm not saying we micromanage and agonize over every decision, but the three questions I want to supply for you are not hard, and they can apply to a Tuesday evening just as much as they apply to moving across the country. This will also mean that you can apply the principles from today's episode immediately. You don't have to wait till something huge comes along. All right, so I told you there are a couple of common mistakes that we make, and that's the first one. We overemphasize the weight of some decisions, and we completely overlook the value of others. Let me give you a second mistake that I, and I think others, make. We put too much weight on the answer to one question. And that question is, what do I want? Now, I'm not going to use the next five minutes telling you, hey, it doesn't matter what you want. You shouldn't ask yourself that question. That shouldn't be a factor. I'm not going to tell you that. What you want is the most natural, obvious reaction and answer to any situation, and we cannot overlook it. What I am saying is this, don't waste too much time on it. You already know if you want to do that thing or not. It would be nice, maybe, to change the thing that you want, and we'll cover that in another episode, but for now, big or small decisions, you pretty much know that immediately. Just don't stop there. The desire for or against something is the beginning of a conversation, not the end. This is especially evident when the decisions have to do with something immediate and right in front of you. Do I want cookies? Yes. Do I want carrots? No. Do I want to take the family to Disney World? Yes, I do. Do I want to go to the dentist tomorrow? No, I don't. Do I want to go to church this morning? You know what? Yeah, I do. Do I want to go to church again tonight? No, I don't think so. Now, we could dissect all of the psychology of that and try to rewire your brain. But again, that's not today's episode. It's just accepting that you almost instinctively know what you want. And it's okay to start there. But you also need to hear this warning. Most people do what they want to do. Have you noticed that? And they don't do things they don't want to do. They get that almost immediate sense of fulfillment by doing something that aligned with their desires and often do not see or anticipate the consequences. And of course, that's one of the big issues with just doing what you want is that it doesn't understand the ramifications either forward or left and right to the people around you. It also makes it very hard to be a Christian where we acknowledge that we have desires. God isn't asking us to ignore that, but we live under the authority of someone greater than our own desires and we answer to him and not ourselves. Here's something that can help with that a little bit. It's okay to start with, do I want to or do I not want to? But at least extrapolate that out over time. Do I want the outcome of this decision? You'll note that just that little follow-up question will give you more time and at least help you to look forward. Do I want to grab the kids and head to Disney? Yes, I do. Do I want to be $10,000 in debt for the rest of the year? No, I don't. Do I want to go to the dentist this month? Absolutely not. Do I want another root canal two years from now because I wouldn't go? No, I really don't want that. Do I want these cookies? You know it. Do I want to feel terrible about myself for the next three hours? Nope. And on and on we can go. You're still focused on you and what you want, but you're putting yourself in conflict. I'm still asking myself the same question. Do I want to go to church tonight? And maybe I have a no for today, but a yes if I think it through. And conflict within you can be very good because it creates competition where something has to win out. Okay, so I think that's a perfect segue into the back half of this episode where I submit to you three simple questions that you can use for the big stuff or the little stuff, both of which are important. So we've already quickly, emotionally flashed through, what do I want? Now we ask our first real crucial question. Is this just about me? This one has stopped me in my tracks so many times. It used to be, is this about me? But the answer always had a yes component to it, which kind of threw a wrench into what I was trying to do. Because the truth is, every decision you make in some way is about you. You are, as I've said before, at the center of every experience you ever have, no matter who else is in the room. It's just too much to ask people to say, hey, you want to make your marriage better? You need to make decisions that have nothing to do with you. I don't think that's responsible counseling. But we change things by adding one word. This thing you're about to say. This place you've chosen to go. This next move you think will fix everything, is this just about you? Now, I'm not saying that if the answer is yes, then you can't do it. I kind of like to play video games every once in a while. I know you just lost a ton of respect for me. But the truth is, that's pretty much just about me. Maybe the kids will come and watch me some and we'll hang out. I don't play any games that the kids couldn't be in the room for. But really, things like playing the game or going out and hitting golf balls, like that's just about me. And you know what? I can do that stuff. It's okay to do things that are just about you. But can we at least say that if I am the only one benefiting from this, then it hasn't earned the right to come before every other decision. You might say, this is something that I want to do. This is just about me, but I need it. Fine. But be careful. Because systematic, ongoing green lights for things in your life that only cross those thresholds of approval can get you in a ton of trouble. And I'm talking about little decisions like video games or big, life-altering decisions like, well, some of you would say video games. I can do things that are just about me, but not first, not as a priority, and not at the expense of the people around me. Here's another benefit to this. If the answer is no, this isn't just about me, which most of the time will be your answer, then you are inviting yourself to consider the effect on others. You're admitting this choice affects other people. So maybe I need to ask a couple of extra questions. So here is the second question that grows out of it. Who stands to benefit? If I choose to say that thing that's on my mind, who stands to benefit? If I choose to go to Bible class tonight, who stands to benefit? I would already say that neither of those things are just about me. So now I have to find out who are they about and what good will come of it. Maybe you have something you want to say to your spouse. It's going to be pretty rude, but it will be true. And so you say, I'm going to say it because I want to say it and because it's not just about me. It's also about her And she stands to benefit from this because she needs to know the truth. Hang on. Hit the pause button. If you say that thing that way, whether it's true or not, will she benefit? Is it good for her? Is it good for her now? Or if you extrapolate it out five years and she still remembers what you said, will it be good for her then? So many decisions, right over wrong, have come into focus in my life by saying, if I move there, if I say that, you see what I'm saying? Big choices, little choices. Who stands to be better for it? How will it make them better? And then I'm able to look at that in two time frames. How will it make them better tonight? And what will it mean for them going forward? Lay in bed this evening and watch Netflix, or sit down and read a chapter of the Bible with my kids. Which one do I want to do? Maybe it just depends what day it is. Is that decision about more than just me? Well, I guess it depends on which way I go with it. Who stands to benefit right now and later? And the right decision, with the fewest regrets, becomes immediately obvious. I'm just afraid that not enough people are willing to go through this process. I'm tired. I had a long day. I've got three episodes left in my favorite show. I'm going to lay down and watch it. Hey, nice job with the pronouns there. At least we know who this is about. Now, you might say, well, am I ever going to get to watch my Netflix show? Sure. I already told you. Go for it. As long as God's okay with it, God should stand to benefit here also. But it can't come first. It has to come after that which will have a positive effect on the people God has put in your life. Maybe you can see through the nature of these questions. They all go back to the two greatest commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. I need to make decisions that have a loving effect on God. He benefits and on my neighbor, my family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Getting outside of the me bubble creates a ton of perspective. The third and final question is very much like the second one. It just demands that we look in a different direction. If question two is, who stands to benefit? Question three is, who stands to get hurt? If I say this thing right now, if I do this thing right now, both of which I totally want to do, and I can argue, they're not just about me. Let me just ask you, who is about to get hurt right now? As soon as you're done saying or doing that thing, or maybe we invert it, there's something you don't want to do, and you decide not to do it, Who gets negatively affected by that choice? And then if you stretched it out over a week in your marriage or your kids and the development of their faith or your career and the way that it's stacking up, if you stretch it out over time, especially if these are small decisions you plan to keep making, what kind of pain can you expect? And again, we have to be very honest with ourselves here. Like the example I gave earlier. You know, I'm going to say this to her in this way, and it's going to hurt her now, but it will be better for her later. No, I don't think it will. You're not being honest if you're justifying hurting someone. The Bible is filled with pleas for gentleness, even in the face of opposition. So real wisdom and great decision-making looks at the negative effects on others over time. But today, at least start with a five-minute window. If this is the choice I make, who stands to be heard? If they found out about it or if it was directed to them in the very near and immediate future. I'm going to listen to this episode back before I post it because I really hope it doesn't sound complicated. This can all happen in real time with just a little bit of introspection, slight pauses that can make massive differences. I guess I did end up with five questions of my own when you put it all together. Question one. Is this what I want? But again, that happens almost instantaneously. Don't spend much time there. If I do this, does it produce an outcome that I will want later? That's a really helpful step right there. But it's not the last step because you have to come back and say, is this just about me? And how does that bear on its importance? Based on the choice I make here, whose life stands to be better because I made it? And who might I hurt? I have to believe that God will be pleased with you, no matter what happens, if that's the way you approach the life that He's given you. Use wisdom, patience, and love, and enjoy far fewer regrets as you're making better decisions. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.